Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunner. I need to be wrecked again at the goodness of God. How about you? I don't care how well you know God. I don't care how long you've been going to church. We need a fresh revelation of the Father's heart. And I believe that's why God's called us to this city. It's to reveal the Father's heart to a city. But how are we going to reveal it if we've not received it? So right now, maybe just close your eyes. Just put your hands in a posture of receiving. And I'm going to ask Bethany to bless us and to pray that we receive the Father's heart. Because I'm going to tell you something about my wife is I've watched her walk in that fullness of receiving the Father's love since she was a little girl. And so pray for us. God, we just thank you so much for being a good father. We thank, thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you never fail us. We thank you for how you pursue us. God, no matter where we are, you know the exact way to get to our heart, to speak, to arrange our circumstances so we can see who you really are. Thank you that you stooped down to meet us and to love us, to provide for us. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to live in us so that you're with us all the time. I just, I felt the Lord call my attention to Psalm 91 during worship. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And so he was just reminding me that no matter um, where I've fallen short, where I've done well because of his power, no matter what circumstances I'm in, that I just live in the shadow of his wings. And so right where you are today, all that you're struggling with, all that you're wrestling, you live under his presence, under the shadow of his wings. And he's right there with you. So Lord, we just humble ourselves right now in the shadow of your wings, in your, in your safety, in your protection, in your kindness, in your care. Just in the shadow of your love is just where we operate. Lord, help us to know who you really are today. I pray that you would help us to know the truth and I pray that the truth would set us free today, that we could walk in freedom where we can lean back in your arms and rest, not just be struggling and striving for your favor all the time. Lord, help us just to lean back and rest on your strength, on your perfection, on what you did for us on the cross, on your acceptance, on your pulling us into your family, on your spirit of adoption that you've shared with us. Thank you for choosing us because you're good, not because we are. Thank you for drawing us close because you are love and that's just what you do, it's your nature. Thank you for being kind and merciful because it's your nature. Just let us lean into that today, let us breathe it in. Let it affect every cell in our body, every part of our mind, redeem us. Let us have that kind of relationship with you. I pray that you would quiet the voices that would speak otherwise in Jesus' name. 
and that you'd help us to hear your still small voice, the voice of truth. Thank you so much. There's nothing better than knowing you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. It's his love that actually makes us sons and daughters. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called his kids. Did you know you're a kid? You're a kid. You're a child of God. He loves you. You're accepted. He calls you beloved. He sings, his, he rejoices over you with singing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like, I feel like we're just supposed to sit here for a minute. We got a lot to do today. But I don't ever want to say, God, I got a plan. So take a back seat to what we're doing. Let's just, um, can we just, uh, who, where are my fathers in the room today? Dads, if you're dads, if you have fathered children, <laughs> okay, raise your hand, do like this. Okay, um, is your family with you? Dads, if you could just put your hands on your families real quick. I want you to just pray a blessing over them. This, I'm just, I'm not going to get my kids up here. Y'all can stay back there, but. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bless our families. We bless our children. We bless our wives. We thank you, Lord, that the Father's blessing is a very powerful thing. We thank you, Lord, that whether we're a father or a mother or a child or whatever we are, that you have spoken your blessing over us. We thank you, Lord, that you, we, we are blessed, that we, are, we have your favor, we have your look, we have your attention, we have your smile. We don't deserve it, but Lord, we believe that today. And that changes us, Lord. If we'll sit with that, that just changes us. Thank you for your blessing. Lord, I just, we pray again over this, this house. Everybody watching online as well. We just, we just pray that um, there would just be a, a breakthrough moment right now for people to break out of religion, to break out of the mindsets that we're not um, thinking about you correctly. Lord, we just pray right now that you would just break through to people's hearts. Touch people's hearts right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, come all over this room, in hospitals, watching online, in other states, in cars. Right now, Lord, would you just touch us in a supernatural way? We pray your love would come in a tangible way in people's lives, God. We pray for us, we pray for us that it'd be a sign and a wonder today that we would not just have a Father's Day today, but today that would be a sign and a wonder, a marking day in our lives. We're tired of the enemy and the history that he has wreaked havoc in our family being the marker for Father's Day. Jesus, we ask you to come be Lord right now. 
in our lives. God, Father, we ask that your love be poured out in our hearts right now. We ask that your love would just pour over our minds like a, a soothing ointment to renew us to who you are. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts. We're thanking you for a deposit being made right now in lives that we're gonna see two, three, four weeks, years later from what ha what's happening in this moment right now. We, we just pray for breakthrough and even just dreams in the night, Lord, where you reveal who you really are to us. I pray that over this house. I pray that over my kids. I pray that over my own life. And if that's you, just say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Y'all feel good? All right. Thank you, worship team. We love you guys so much. We're so thankful for you. Lead us so well. Man, I hadn't heard that second song before. That was good stuff. Wind of love. Come on. Hey, did y'all know we have a food pantry here? That's one of the ways that we're able to demonstrate the, the heart of the Father to this city. There's an outreach team. Where you at, outreach, outreach team? Where my outreach peeps at? Food pantry had a big day yesterday. Do you know this month we've been able to serve 117 families? That's really awesome, guys. That's really, really cool. And uh, while we're at that, I do want to talk about something. I got Bethany up here because we're going to do something cool in a minute. But I want to give uh, maybe just a, a preface for what we're going to do in just a few minutes. And I want, because we don't talk a whole lot about um, our, our, the way we do things around here, you know, especially on Sunday morning. And some of you are like, uh, there was one Sunday or one series of Sundays where some more people were up there speaking. And some people came for the first time. They're like, who's the pastor? <laughs> like, it's that guy over there that's not preaching for four weeks. But... Um, but you, some of you have asked, like, what's this leadership structure like and all this kind of stuff? So let me just real quick, and I know a lot of them aren't here this morning, but we have a lead team, a leadership team that head up the different areas of ministry. And I just want to give them a shout out real quick, if I can do that. Can y'all give them some love this morning as I call their names out? Uh, everything worship and creative, Adam Hooper kind of heads all that up. Adam is amazing along with his wife, Andrea, who probably does as much as he does, but she, you know. All right, and then she doesn't like us to talk about her. And then our kids uh, team, uh, Pastor Brandon Davis and his wife, Mo, they're doing such an awesome job leading our kids team and loving on our kiddos. Um, and our sixth and 12th graders, our, our youth, Leah. Come on, stand up, Leah, so people see who you are. If you've got a, if you've got a teenager, she loves them already. Okay, and I love what she's um, doing on Wednesday night, seven to seven o'clock on Wednesday nights in this building. Um, Ashley, pray through heads up our communities, everything. Yeah, everything that um, that you have benefited from is being part of a community. Ashley built that. Okay, and she pastors uh, our community leaders so well, equips them every semester to lead well, and man, our communities are so strong, and I'm thankful for um, what she's done to make that happen. Outreach, Chuck and Shay Thompson head that up, and I'm so thankful for these guys, and just really just built with a team of people building our food pantry out and so many other things. Uh, first impressions and connections, Stefan Cote heads up that, uh, those teams of people, 
who, if you've ever been greeted on a Sunday morning, that was a Greek team that, if you ever drank some coffee in here, hospitality, um, I'll, I'll say this, there's a need for people to serve everywhere in this church, okay? We're, there's no team that's like locked and you can't get on, okay? So uh, we're just thankful for Stefan and how he leads that so well. And then his wife, Chantal, is uh, events queen, okay? Like master of all uh, events things. Uh, this girl right here uh, is heads up our social media and communication stuff here at the dwelling. And, um, and then Jason Kiever. Where you at, Jason? Are you in here? There he is. Heads up all facilities things. So if, if you see a light bulb out, talk to Jason about it. All right. So th we're just thankful for our lead team and um, just the, um, the care and the pastoral care they they give to our teams here. And, uh, and so that, that from the beginning, these guys have just carried the weight of, of, of ministry as a lead team. And recently, uh, we've added what's called a, and this sounds real businessy. Bethany said, don't trigger people with business talk and like stuff like that. We can get too churchy sometimes. It's basically just a finance team of people who help us be accountable with our finances. How many know that's a good thing? Okay. And then uh, I just want to shout out these guys, Tim Burnsid and Christina Spell and Rob Driggers and Adam Hooper and for keeping the books straight. And uh, there's a lot of people that help us out with that stuff, too, that we're thankful for. Sherry and, and Andrea did it for so long. And there's a lot goes into this. Okay. It's more than just throwing something together on a Sunday. Uh, when you're doing ministry, it just takes a lot of people that are real committed, and you've got that as a church. Just want to let you know. Um, outside of this house, we have um, elders called overseers, all right? Now, these three guys, you've met some of them when we kind of took a break in June. Was that June? May? I don't know. This is June, okay? That's why I got you up here to help me keep me straight with this. But uh, Eric Bradley, Mark Benson, and David Weir and their wives, they love this church. They love us. They've held us accountable. They've been uh, pastoral care for us. They have, they have encouraged us. They have um, answered the hard questions since day one of planting a church. Don't plant a church alone. And don't do life alone. Get you some people you can lean on that love you and will speak the truth to you. And that's what these guys have been in our lives, not just our lives, but our life as a church. And um, from the beginning, we have had elders, all right? And so those guys, the overseers, have served as our elders. And I'll talk about what that even uh, means in a little bit. But today, we get to officially recognize three people in this church that have been operating in that pastoral role the whole time they've been here anyway. And it's who they are. It's the call of God on their life. It's, it's their, it really just who God's made them to be. And we just want to say that today and pray over them and say, these are our in-house elders. Because at year five, that was the goal is to bring, not only to have overseers outside of the house, but to bring elders within the house too. And so that's what we get to do today. But before we do that, let me just really quickly, what is an elder? Both the Old and New Testaments repeatedly employ the metaphor of a shepherd as one who cares for God's people. 
and describes leadership. So not surprisingly, the New Testament views elders and shepherds as well. Um, the elder's mission is to lead, to teach, to protect, and to love the church the way shepherds care for a sheep in a flock, okay? And so the responsibility of elders in the New Testament, you know, we there's a lot of this talk right now on out on social media regarding other things, but pastors, elders, overseers, the Bible uses those terms interchangeably, okay? So basically, shepherd, someone who shepherds God's people, all right? Now, at Pentecost, do you know what happened at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to the church? We all became ordained ministers, <laughs> all right? So this is no hierarchy of power or anything like that. This is what Jesus modeled, servant leadership. He models servant leadership, not like the world sees leadership. He models servant leadership, and that's what he calls his church to. And so we're all ordained ministers as far as empowered and commissioned by God. You are, by the way. If you don't hear anything else today, you're a minister, all right? But there are biblical roles like elder that are necessary for the health and sustainability of a local church. And... Um, yeah, like I said, these guys have been doing this and they've loved you guys so well and they've led you guys so well. They've counseled you. Yeah. I remember one, one of these guys came up to me one time and said, hey, I just think probably you need to know this. I've been counseling couples. <laughs> I'm like, great. That is really awesome. Do you know how many pastors would love to know that they weren't carrying all the weight on their shoulders? Yeah. And that's the point of this thing is God never intended all the weight and responsibility to fall on one person. And so um, I that's what I love about this church is it's just been so natural. It's not been forced. You guys serve and you love people. And there have been people that have just kind of, God has identified. And so that's what we're going to do today. And I want to call him up. Dane Rada sitting right here and his wife, Christy, come on up too. Uh Adam and Andrea Hooper and Stefan, 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 listen to me, I can't say your name right. Stefan and Chantal, okay, I'll tell you, y'all come on up here. Just come on up on the stage. And um, while, they're, while they're doing that, I want to read a, a passage from Titus, chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Uh, Paul was an apostle. He planted churches all over the place. And what he would do is he'd set up uh, a church and leadership, and he'd say, hey, you're, you're, the, you're the pastor of this local body. Pick you some people. You know, what he told Moses, he was like, uh, Jethro was, Jethro said, Moses, you can't do this by yourself. Like, you need to bring some people alongside you to carry the weight of what God's called you to do. And then when Paul planted churches, he'd tell his pastors the same thing. And here's what he says in his charge to, um, to these local pastors. He says, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain, Rather, he, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, 
so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. First, that's Titus 1, 5 through 9. And so that, this is what these, this is what we, let me just stand with them, come on. Like we have been called to serve you guys, yeah. all right? And that's what I want to make clear is that, that these families and this family is here because God's put in our heart that we want to serve and love you guys like we're supposed to. And that's what this is about. Because we want God's church to be loved well. And this is how he says do it. <laughs> the best. And I think he knows best. He's a good father, okay? So um, that's what we get to do today is just pray over these guys. But before we do that, not only do we, the people on this platform, have a responsibility to love and to shepherd this church, but you guys have a responsibility to, to these folks too. Yeah. And it's a mutual submission thing, right? Be submitted to one another. And so I just want to give a charge to these uh, elders. And then when, you get, when I get through, if you want to say, we will or whatever that looks like, uh, I do. It's in a marriage or anything, but... Um, and then I'm going to do the same for, for all of us, okay. that what we commit as a church. And then when I get through with that, I will, I do, I, whatever you want to say, okay? We will. I like we. I like plural. Like we're together on this thing. So here's the charge to the elders. As an elder, will you covenant together with the congregation and lead pastor elder for the development of the spiritual life of the dwelling church? Will you and your spouses be the primary protectors and encouragers of the spiritual climate of the dwelling Committing to pray for the staff, leadership, and overall body of believers here. Do you commit to serve this family faithfully for the cause of the kingdom in our city and beyond? And we will. That's what we're going to do. So charge to, you, to the church family, which that's all of us, but specifically you guys in the seats right now. As a church family, will you commit to encourage and pray for these men and their families. Will you covenant together with them and the rest of the leadership of the dwelling to see the kingdom of God come to Savannah until it looks like heaven? We will. That's what we're going to do, right? And so we just want to pray over these guys. And if you want to, just, lift, just stretch your hands out toward them. And we're just going to go down and just pray a blessing over them. And I love... Listen, my granny, in my granny's church, they prayed out loud. And I always kind of liked that as a kid. And so just, I don't like this silent prayer stuff. Like, really mean it. Let's take authority and, like, pray blessing over this house and over these folks. Okay, let's do that. In the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for what you've, what you've called the gifts and the callings you put on our brothers and our sisters. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. That right now, that every amount of grace and every ounce of strength they need, they are receiving from you. They have received. They are equipped and fully capable of what you called us to do, to love your church well. And Lord, we thank you for the responsibility. We thank you for the privilege of serving. We thank you for the privilege, Lord, of binding up wounds when people come hurt. We thank you for the privilege, Lord, of speaking the truth in love. We thank you for the privilege of just demonstrating your heart, of praying for the sick. We thank you, Lord, for the, the privilege of, of just being a guide for somebody who might need, that can't see where they're stepping next. And Lord, we just pray just for a supernatural wisdom to, 
to, to just mark every word that comes out of our, our mouths. Lord, we pray that as a church, that we would take our responsibility to reach our city seriously. That we take our responsibility as a church to shepherd uh, people into the kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to partner with you in what you're doing. We thank you that you're the good shepherd. We're just your sheep. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you tell these guys you love them real quick? And... All right. Love y'all. All right. Okay. I still got to preach. I believe that. All right. Where's my table at? Can you get that, German? Thank you, man. I might need it. Oh, I didn't, did I bring my computer? Yeah. I've got it sewed together. You're supposed to laugh. All right. Thank you so much. Look at Dane serving. Serving. All right. So, we've been in a series called Dreams. Has this been encouraging? Has it been maybe enlightening? How many has like, how many have had more dreams in the last three weeks than you did previously? <laughs> Somebody came up to me this morning, I'll tell you, Baxter, if you know Baxter, Baxter said, if you have a dream I die, just let me know, okay? <laughs> and if you don't know that backstory, go listen to the other messages. Dreams have been so important in my life and God just breaking through to me, uh, really opening my heart to who he is and... Uh, and dreams have been a big part of that. So today's part three, uh, hidden treasures. Hidden treasures. There are treasures that are hidden in our dream life for the purpose of revealing the nature and the heart of the Father. I had a dream several years ago in that season where all the dreams were exploding in my life that I've been talking about for the past two weeks. And I had a dream that I was in this wooded area and I was walking through. And I, I can't remember exactly. I've got it written in a journal. But I feel like there was a command in the dream. There was a voice that said, like, look around, basically. And so I stooped down in the leaves and I began to brush away the leaves looking for something. And I see some rocks that are there, like smooth river stone type rocks, these black rocks. And then they crack open in front of me. And then what comes out of these rocks are different things. And I don't want to go into crazy detail because it really doesn't matter what they were. I'll just tell you a few of them. One of them was a scarab beetle. Do you know what that is? A dung beetle. And you see it like on Pharaoh's like little medallion or whatever, I don't know. And then there was like a frog in one of the rocks and, and all of that. And I just remember like knowing I found these things, they were cracked open and what was inside came out. And then a voice for each one of those objects explained what they meant. So, um, for example, the scarab beetle was Egypt. And a voice in the dream said, that's Egypt. And then each consecutive item that was cracked out of these, I call them eggs, but they were rocks. There was a command of like, that's what that means. 
So symbolic things, meaning was brought out by the Lord in my dream is what I, I believe that happened, okay? And I, I won't go into the details of the dream, but, but later on in the dream, there was, I'm next to the Nile River and there's two Egyptian children standing there. And all I know to describe it is that they were calling out. It was like this intercessory thing, like where they're, they're calling on the Lord. They're calling like on me. I didn't know what to do with that. And a few months later, as I'm just kind of just awakening to God speaking through dreams, and it has, he's literally taking me to dream school in my dreams and learning so much about his heart and how he speaks and all that. I notice an article comes up on my phone one day and it talks about Egyptian children doing a fasting and prayer conference in the desert for revival in their nation and for the Lord to do something. And, and then a few months later after that, they had the whole Arab Spring hit Egypt and, and some political reform and stuff like that happened. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. All I know is maybe that was important to God and he wanted to talk to me about it. And then God knows my heart for a revival. Egypt's always been a cool thing to me. I don't know. But I know that God used those series of dreams to teach me about like symbolism and metaphor and all that. And some of y'all hadn't been here and you're like, what kind of church did I walk up into today? <laughs> but I'm telling you, like this stuff it has radically changed my life, not because it's dreams and funny, you know, fun things we can run after, because they reveal the heart of the one who gave us this. Nothing that we can dream or have a vision or anything like that will trump God's word, okay? But I'm telling you, like sometimes if you're like me, I got enough of this. Sometimes I need my heart to be broken open so this can actually get in, that's what dreams did for my life. God just revealing himself to me. So why does God speak in symbols? Why does he use pictures and metaphor and it's what seems to be riddles? Because all throughout the Bible, if you look in some of the ones we've already talked about in the last two weeks, there's nothing like straightforward most of the time, you know? It's like, why, why doesn't God just come up and just say, hey, Christian, do this? And he may do that sometimes. But more often than not, what we see in Scripture is, and I saw a statue, and at the top of the, the lion's mouth, and all this, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Had the head of an eagle. Like, what are we reading right now? I wish the Bible was easier to understand. Like, we've all been there. Because God likes to speak in parables. He likes to speak in imagery, and metaphor, and symbol. And I don't know why he does that other than what I'm going to try to explain to you today. Because understanding God has, is more than a, here's what we're going to do. Understand God as more than a professor who wants to give us information. And understand him as a poet that wants to reveal beauty to us. Does that make sense? And so Hosea 12.10 God's speaking through the prophet. And he says, I spoke to the prophets. It was I who multiplied visions and through the prophets gave parables. That's in the old covenant. We get to the new covenant and Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, you know, he's speaking in parables all the time. And he's explaining to his disciples, 
because they ask him in Matthew 13, why do you do this? The kingdom is like a woman. who had some flour and put some yeast in it. And then when it got hot, it kind of showed up. You know, like the kingdom is like a seed, a mustard seed. Although it's so small when it's fully grown, it's so large the birds can find a home there. What are you talking about, Jesus? See, we like, we, we're so Western. We're so textbooky. We want points. Jesus didn't give points. Jesus told stories. And when he would tell stories, a lot of times, guys, I want you to think about this. We read this, but a lot of times people would walk away going, what do you think he meant by that? And, the, and you know, people would follow a rabbi and what they expected was the rabbi to say, here's what the law says. Here's how you do it. Let me see you do it. Good job. Let's go. And you're learning how to live out the law. Jesus comes along and he's telling weird stories. And his disciples say, why are you telling stories? Like, why do you speak to us in code? Why are you talking in parables? And he said this to them. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That's why I use parables. For they look, for the, but they really don't see. They hear, but they don't listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, their ears cannot hear, and they've closed their eyes so their eyes can't see, and their ears can't hear, and their hearts can't understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. And then Jesus says, but blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Did you know that it's possible to see and not see? Did you know it's possible to hear something and not really hear it? Husbands, you ought to know all about that. Why, maybe the wives know all about it. We don't, that's the problem. We don't know that. Yeah. I can hear my wife say something, but I don't hear her. It's the same in the kingdom. Jesus told a, a story. This is going to be quick, all right? Jesus told a story. And this was a story. I mean, like, they've, they've, all these people have shown up to hear what Jesus is going to say. They, maybe Nick got a bad eye. They need Jesus to heal it. You know, like, they're there for something. But they're not here to hear a story. And Jesus says, there's a farmer that went out. He got his seed pack and he started throwing out seed. He said, some of this seed fell on hard ground. And there's some birds that came down and they ate up the seed. And then some of the seeds landed on some ground that when the seed came up, you know, it just couldn't really get a root. 
And then some of the seed came up and then the thorns crowded it out and kind of choked it out and it, it didn't survive. And then there's, there's, some, there's some seed that really thrived. Like it, it fell on really good soil and it thrived and it produced fruit. God bless y'all. That's what happened. Because what, you, what, what we don't read is what the disciples said. They said, they pulled him aside and said, what does that mean? And you know what Jesus did? He told them. He said, well, the seed is the message. It's the word. It's good news. The soil's the heart. Different hearts it falls on and. So when the birds come, that's really the enemy snatching that word. It's like they never heard it. And then when the seed germinates and it just can't get a root down, that's what that means. And then the, then the thorns, the life, cares of life choke, the, choke it out. And then and he goes on and he explains every single part of it. But what we, don't, what we miss is he wasn't intending to do that until somebody asked him what it meant. So why does God speak in parables? Why did Jesus do that? He said, because some people are going to hear and some people won't. And I got some thoughts about that, but I don't have time for that this morning. But I will say this. Parabolic language provokes the spiritual appetite for those who are hungry. For those who aren't hungry, it makes them push away from the table. There's a leadership mantra that's kind of caught on, and I love it, and I think it's important. Clarity is kind. I wish Jesus would have been a little more clear. But something about the way he taught was it made people who were hungry and wanted to know him, it made them come close. And people who didn't want to hear anything he had to say to begin with, just in it for them, it made them walk away. What's your response to the word when you open it? For some of us, like, I don't understand this. We close it up. But for some, it's like, I don't understand this. And we lean in even harder. I love the story of the, the Last Supper where the disciples are sitting around the table. They're all reclining at the table. And the, of, of the four Gospels, the only gospel that gives Jesus a lot of airtime was John. The Last Supper, what Jesus says and what happened at the supper, it's maybe a paragraph or two in the other gospels. In John, I think it's three chapters. Mostly red letters, if you got that kind of Bible. Jesus, it's what Jesus was saying. You know why? Because John was like this. He was leaning in the whole time. Leaning on every word. So he speaks in riddles not to deceive us, but to attract our hungry, our hungry heart. So he speaks to hearts that will lean in. Proverbs 25, 2 says, it is God's privilege to conceal things. 
And it's the king's privilege to discover them. The guy that wrote that, Solomon, he said, look, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. Another translation says, it's the glory of king to find it out. To go search it out. Do you know that God has hidden things for you, for you to find? Sometimes he does that in dreams. He's hidden them in his word. He's hidden them in relationships. He's hidden them in conversations. You get up in the morning, drink that cup of coffee. God is speaking all the time. He's hidden treasures for you all throughout your day. How many times do we just walk past them? There's treasure in your life. There's treasures in your dreams that are to be uncovered. Just like I uncovered those leaves and they cracked open to me. This is what the Lord wants to do in our life. He wants us to go digging. And he, he says, if you'll go seeking, if you go seeking, you will find me. Jeremiah 29. If you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. And I will crack open Things that you don't understand. Jeremiah 33. I want to show you things you don't understand. About nine years ago now, I had a dream. And I won't go into all the details. This is the most personal dream I've ever had. It's the, it, it, if I tried to describe it and explain it to you, you'd all leave like, what is he even talking about? Because it wouldn't mean anything to you. Because it was so deeply personal to me, I can't even describe it. I can't even talk about it and let, make it make sense. Because it's so personal. You'd have to know. You'd have to be me to understand. You understand? You ever experienced anything like that? Like, I can't. I'm trying to tell y'all, but it just, <laughs> I can't. Well, the beginning of the dream, I'm in the desert. But I'm at a resort in the desert. And there's swimming pools. And it's beautiful. And it's like, this is awesome. And then I see this neon sign on the, like the facade of the front of the building. And there's a word on a neon sign that I'd never heard of before. And it's not an English word. But it was written in English letters. And there was a whole lot that went on that dream. You talk about extreme symbolism and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't know what to make of it to start with. But I wrote it all down because I take my dreams seriously. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. The glory of kings to search it out. Sometimes we just got to get on Google. <laughs> right? So I punched that word in Google. Guess what that word was? It's a resort in the middle of the desert on the Red Sea in Egypt. Never heard of it. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> it's a, the, a really obscure place. But how many know that got my attention? And it made me lean into the rest of the dream. But all that other stuff, that was, that was the weirdest dream I've ever had. Well, the fact that there was some reality, like, Gee, that's what I'm saying. He made it undeniable that he was speaking yeah. so that I'd lean in. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
And so that was nine years ago. I'm sitting at a Starbucks in 2017 or 18. It's right when we first started the church. And something just occurs to me about that dream. I'm doing message prep for that Sunday. I'm not thinking about that dream. That dream comes to my mind. And I'm blown away at what God just said to me through that. And we're talking a few years later. And God is still unpacking that one dream for me here nine years later in my life. Revealing things about his nature and his character and his love for me, his concern for me, his closeness to me. And I'm telling you, you say, so I don't know about this dream stuff. Here's what I know. When I feel like God is a million miles from me because of the issues and the circumstances I got going on in my life, when hell's knocking at my door and my family's door, and I remember these moments where he broke in and he was so intimately acquainted with the, ins the, the most deepest parts of me that he would speak to me, I cannot doubt his goodness when I think about those moments. I cannot doubt his goodness when he's been so overwhelmingly specific and kind to me. And I know that some of you got those stories, but I'm telling you, this is your God. This is your Jesus. And he wants to reveal himself to you this way. And the, all this whole series is. We got one more Sunday of this. This is my message, but I just want to hear, I want you to hear this. This whole series is about, it's not even about dreams. It's about an invitation to know his heart. To know his heart so intimately and what he thinks about you that you stand up with a microphone and you try to share it and nobody knows what you're talking about. How many know some parts of your relationship with Jesus ought to be that way? Me and my wife have, y'all see us here. But we have another side of our relationship that nobody sees. And that's a good thing. There's intimacy, there's levels of intimacy with God that he's calling you to. That's beyond what you've experienced, I guarantee it. Let's stand. Here's the invitation today. Give him your heart. He loves you. That's it. So God, we thank you for your goodness, your kindness to us. We pray for their, uh, just really just a release of Revelation of who you really are. We pray for divine interruptions. We pray for moments that shake us to the reality of who you are. We ask you for the hunger that's there to increase in the name of Jesus right now. I see hunger in this room, Lord. I see burning hearts in this room with a posture to receive. 
And Lord, we ask you right now, show us more of who you are. Let that be your prayer. Lord, show us your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, community leaders, if you... If you're in here, come on up and let's receive people for ministry. If you got a prayer need in your life, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, if you got a need for healing or whatever, if you just want somebody to shoulder a burden with you, come up, come up, come on up and receive prayer to one of our community leaders. If not, be blessed. Go eat with your daddy if you still got him. And uh, bless, bless a father in your life today. Amen. Love you guys. See you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.